Hello, and welcome to Modern Moms Wellness Podcast. I'm Renata, and this is Jenna, um, and this is my co-host. And we are here to discuss with you all things motherhood and the journey through the process with simple and practical advice and guidance. With that being said, we have reached episode five, and this episode is really special because it is our first guest episode. So today we have on Allie Johnston with Sunbeam Somatics. And Allie is a certified somatic coach, meditation and yoga teacher, as well as a breathwork facilitator. She supports humans to come home to themselves and befriend their nervous systems through embodiment practices, breathwork, nature aligned wisdom, and an array of holistic tools. Her work is deeply rooted in tantric philosophy and merges modern science with spirituality. She believes the path of elevated life experience can be playful and fun and that spirituality doesn't have to be so serious. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so excited to have you here. Thank yeah, you. So Thanks so much for having me. This is a true honor to be the first guest on the podcast. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to add also, um, so Allie's my sister and, um, Allie's been such an amazing support for me, um, in my journey into motherhood because she has such a natural talent of holding space for people without judgment. And plus she's, she also has a degree and a background in early childhood education. So she understands how a child's brain works and their motivations behind certain actions and behaviors. Um, so she's also given me support when it comes to being a more conscious parent so that I can be the mom that I want to be, um, but also the support to undergo serious personal growth um, as I'm doing all this. So I'm really thankful that she's been in my life and able to support me in those ways. And yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks, Jenna. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> they are sorry, but I, I heard all of that. Awesome. It makes my heart really happy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so we wanted you to um, share a little bit about your personal journey and what led you to become passionate about somatic practices and alternative health practices. Yeah, I'd be happy to share a bit of my journey. Um, so I guess, <laughs> as with most people that end up becoming fascinated with holistic modalities and personal growth, it came from, you know, illness and a lot of pain. And I know different people have different ways of finding themselves there. Um, but that's the journey that was the initiation for me um having kind of a radical um a radical in initiation in needing to heal my body um mm -hmm. and lots of i had several surgeries and um yeah different different things throughout my 20s that ultimately led me to kind of disconnecting from my body because it it was quite painful to you know be in my body so mm -hmm. when i think of my journey that led me here it's it really has to do with 
moving through periods of pain and disconnection and eventually finding, um, learning how to come home Mm -hmm. to myself again after years of that disconnection. Mm -hmm. Um, And first finding that avenue through nature um, and through movement and yeah, just kind of integrating the different practices that I started learning, like meditation, self-awareness, self-love, and kind of bringing them all together and recognizing that the power really was in connecting to nature and connecting to my body. Like I wasn't thinking my way into healing. It really came from tapping into my internal resources. Um, So that's kind of the path that led me eventually to being fascinated with somatic work and holistic modalities. Yeah. I just want to add in a little bit because I've obviously known you for a very long time now and like to watch you from afar like you don't really realize that you are in pain and I think that kind of shows that a lot of people mask these types of things and um you know and it's it's maybe can make you aware too that like there's other people fighting battles and I know we all talk about that but just to be kind and respect people and you know because you never know what the person is going through from you know, what they're going through in general. So it's really interesting um, to hear that. I mean, I've known a little bit about some of the things, but yeah, you've, you're definitely a a warrior out there. So um, it's beautiful to see that you put it into a career path too, to help other people in pain. Um, And then, you know, just other ways too, but that kind of gets us into, can do you can you give us a brief description of what somatics is so i don't think you know that's kind of a new term being thrown around and um i know a little bit about it due to therapy but i know somatics is like a new thing maybe not new because it's been around forever but the term and what we use it with and stuff i think is new for some people so yeah if you can give us a brief description yeah totally and also thank you for that reflection. I appreciate that. And I, I agree that um, we really don't know what people are going through. So it's, it's such a powerful reminder to treat everyone with kindness and, Mm -hmm. you know, respect because we really, we don't know. And yeah, I did a good job of holding it all together and staying optimistic throughout it all. (laughs) Tremendous. I mean, you kind of have to, to, you know, survive some more intense experiences like that. So, um, yeah, so thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so somatics, it's actually, it is coming into the more known culture of vernacular. Like, I think it's becoming a part of the conversation, but Mm -hmm. so somatic, or soma means body. So somatics has to do with tapping into the living body in its wholeness. So it it goes beyond just 
working with the mind and the the lens of personal development through just talking so it's essentially going beneath the stories and the narratives that we have about ourselves and dipping down into the body because essentially that's where all of those stories live and that's you know it's a language that we're not taught (laughs) to understand or know how to listen to so it's a whole new side of understanding ourselves and it's truly essential um, because in my perspective and what science and neuroscience is showing us is that we can't you know fully step into higher versions of ourselves and you know elevated levels of our existence without letting all of the parts of us and our full nervous system, letting that all be online and on board with what we're trying to step into. So just to throw around like some um, percentages here, um, I wrote it down so that I wouldn't fudge it up, (laughs) but 80% of information um, comes from our bodies to our brains. Um, And then the other 20% of the information is from our brains to our bodies. So when we think about that, it really is mind blowing because we're taught kind of the opposite mode of connecting. Um, So yeah, being able to understand that language of the body and the nervous system is really important for all aspects of our lives to be able to understand ourselves and be able to grow in ways that, you know, make sense in our more lasting in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Love that. Um, um, I, I just want to add in that I, I love the idea of reconnecting the mind and the body Mm -hmm. and how that also helps helps with reconnecting the spirit as well. And I've noticed in myself, like in different times in my life, when I'm able to nurture both my body and my mind, Mm -hmm. things just in my spirituality, like I feel like I, I feel so much more aligned when I became a mom and I wasn't able to, um, continue with exercise the way that I was before. It was difficult to move my body um, regularly like I was and just due to energy and um, depression and that sort of thing. So now that my kids are older and I've kind of been able to work out my schedule a little more to include more time to myself, I've really noticed that it, it just makes such a big difference to be able to move your body and nurture your mind and connect that spirit as well. And Mm -hmm. it, it really does help with, you know, with somatics, how you trap certain emotions in certain Mm -hmm. parts of your body, being able to exercise can help with that, those stagnant feelings and help with releasing them. And I think that that's why this sort of thing can be so helpful to moms because I think a lot of people transition, a lot of moms transition into motherhood 
and it's it's hard to get that time to move your body and mm -hmm. so these emotions um these difficult emotions that you're dealing with um transitioning to motherhood can just get trapped in certain places of your body like for me i feel like it's my jaw like <laughs> i mm. clenched my jaw um since becoming a mom and like started to get pain in my jaw and have oh, done nice. things like stress relief um mm -hmm. connecting that part too is just i mean working through those emotions that i had been suppressing for so long i feel like that it's just all connected and it makes such a big difference when it comes to overcoming pain i that's really interesting that you say that um because i used to grind my teeth forever and I wonder if that, I mean, obviously that had to have been like a nervous system stress thing. And I don't do it very often anymore. And you know why? Because I started somatic psychotherapy <laughs> and that's, so that's kind of where I was coming to. Cause like, I never heard that word until I started that. And I was like, what is this? And then the first session I had, she was like, okay, now let's get on the floor and do some yoga. And I was like, what <laughs> you don't want to hear me speak and she was like no i want you to tell me what you are feeling and where it is and let's work on that and i was like and it's i i swear by it now so it's yeah so I, that's a really interesting thing the jaw pain and i it, it kind of made me bring back some memories of my jaw pain and grinding mm -hmm. so mm. Yeah, I noticed every time there was some sort of trigger, you know, like mm. my kids are bouncing off the walls and like, um, I, I don't know, just, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to feel like their, their craziness. And then I just, everything kind of like my jaw and my left mm. side just kind of tighten. <laughs> wow. So and it's like releasing that mm -hmm. um, can help overcome those those trigger moments as well just breathing through it and re remembering to relax mm -hmm. and yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like that could bring us into this next question because you mentioned you know being a mom and how somatics can help so mm -hmm. i guess like what ways do you think that moms could benefit from using somatic therapy or somatic i'm sorry somatic um you know, alternative practices. Yeah. Um, just kind of piggybacking too off of what you both were saying. It's, it's a whole new world to learn the landscape mm -hmm. of our bodies and thinking about it's really like the mind body, like our mind is not just up here. It's all connected in this one integral system. So of course, thinking about becoming a mother and that journey of motherhood is such, it's such a radical shift. And of course, so much comes up when you enter that phase, if you choose to do so. And with somatics, it helps you to tap into, you know, the felt sense of what you're moving through as you may be triggered in real life as things come up as they inevitably do all the stressors mm -hmm. of life i mean stress is a normal part of life it's not even necessarily a bad thing stress is just a part of being a human but 
it all comes back to how we meet that stress and how we regulate our bodies when we encounter these things that might be triggers. So with becoming familiar with how our body, um, you know, how we meet these triggers, which I like to call them activations, seeing these things as opportunities, we can kind of begin to understand that language of what's really going on underneath the surface when we feel like activated or triggered by certain things. Um, and the way that we begin to understand this, you know, this landscape of our bodies is by tapping into our sensations and our emotions is what it really all comes down to. Or even when it comes to the mind, like what thoughts are popping up, you know, mm -hmm. repeatedly or what stories are coming up. And then if we begin there, we can kind of trace it back to where are we feeling that in our body. And there are certain practices that can help us, you know, zoom in on those sensations where they might be and begin to kind of untangle them and get to know them more and meet them in new ways and ultimately form new relationships with them and mm -hmm. begin to, yeah, understand what it, where, what it's coming from. Because more often than not, the, the things that are coming up in our lives are connected to these younger parts of us, mm -hmm. you know, the inner child or many inner children, really. <laughs> I like to think <laughs> of it as like, we have a whole preschool class of <laughs> inner children and they're all different ages too. So it's not just preschool, it's like a, yeah. whole, a whole group of them um, kind of frozen one, in time. One through 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah for people who might be new to that concept, it's relating back to, you know, from being in the womb up until seven years old is this period where we're literally sponges and we absorb everything in our environment and we're making meaning about everything that happens to us. And this is when we form our belief system. Um, and we don't typically have the tools to, you know, know how to regulate ourselves. And we certainly don't have the rational brain power that we do as adults to see alternative perspectives. So if something happens to us that, you know, feels like a constriction or contraction or like shuts us down, whatever it might be, we often internalize that as something being wrong with us. Like it's, we're very mm -hmm. self-centered. So when these wounds kind of come up in our experiences, we usually internalize that as being like, I am, I'm unlovable or I don't belong or I am not enough or not deserving or whatever the story ends up being. So these stories kind of form a blueprint of our experience. So when we grow up, we're operating by this bl blueprint that might not necessarily be true for our reality. Mm -hmm. So with, with the somatic work, it's kind of beginning to tap into those stories and see what is really true and what isn't what's not serving us and as mothers you know we obviously want to 
show up to our fullest capacity in order to be present and aware in how we're, you know, raising our children. So doing work like this can really help, you know, ground yourself into a belief system that feels more true rather than being triggered into old belief systems that don't serve us anymore. They're outdated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the main thing that I see as being helpful along with just regulating in general during times of stress and knowing the tools to help calm our nervous systems and learn how to resource when the inevitable chaos of life kind of kicks in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. so true. I feel like so many people don't really know how to move through stress Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, end up looking for ways to cope with it that are usually not healthy. I know speaking from my experience, Mm -hmm. I started using substances like pretty early in life um, Mm -hmm. as a teenager using alcohol and, um, and weed to cope with certain emotions. Me too. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And um, I think grief um, is something that um, unfortunately Allie and I lost several family members when we were, young and our families didn't really um help us work through those Mm -hmm. emotions or talk about it and i feel like so becoming a mom um that grief that you feel of losing the life that you used to have before having Mm -hmm. kids um it, it really hits you and if you don't that's one of the stressors if you don't know how to properly cope with it, um, then mm-hmm. it can be really difficult. And when I became a mom, I wasn't, I wasn't really drinking. I kind of wasn't drinking much for the couple of years leading up to that. Um, but I was smoking weed up until I became pregnant. And, um, but I knew that that wasn't how I wanted to cope <laughs> with it as mm-hmm. a mom. Um, so it, it was rough. Like, it was so difficult trying to figure out how to cope with these, these feelings and just, um, just sitting with it instead Mm of numbing it. Um, I did Mm -hmm. definitely did some dissociation, um, with my phone, but I, there were times when I really recognized that and I, you know, I deleted social media from my phone for a long time. And I was like, I just, I need to work through this. I can't continue to just suppress these emotions forever. Mm. That's interesting too. I feel like we brought that up in another episode where you're becoming a mother and like, you know, it's a big life change. And what about all these things that we pushed down forever? They probably start to come up and then you're raising a little baby and you're like, holy crap, I haven't fixed myself or I haven't worked on myself. I haven't fixed my children in there. or I haven't, you know, like I can only imagine. So (laughs) I'm sure tons of things came up while you were pregnant and when, you know, he was born and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Still, still a work in progress. I feel like I'm so far from where I was in the beginning and it's, I think that's so important to get these tools to 
learn how to um, better move through stressors in life. And like Ali said, they are a part of life and it is mm -hmm. how you see them and um, ultimately how you let them affect you. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And something that's coming to mind through this conversation is just when we deal with these things that are popping up in these old stories and things that might not feel aligned, it's really easy to feel like we're broken or that something is wrong with us. Um, mm -hmm. And part of this philosophy and modality is really trying to sink into the knowing that, you know, we are beautiful as we are. We're not trying to be anything different than we are, but we're just gently integrating those things that are blocking us from truly mm -hmm. stepping into that empowered version of ourselves. So, you know, looking at the fears or the contractions around our, our hearts, our relationships, our sexuality, whatever it might be, um, to then, you know, step into that place of wholeness and health that really is our birthright. And there's nothing that can, there's nothing broken about us. It's simply like mm -hmm. these things that are, you know, that have been stuck and are we're piling up in our system. And our true essence is there and there's nothing broken about us. I think that's important to recognize too. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because sometimes you really sit there and you're like, what is wrong with me? And then yeah, and it's really nothing. It's like yeah. our, we're conditioned in all these different ways from our society and from our upbringing. And, you know, trauma happens, life happens, adverse experience happens, systemic oppression, like you name it. There's so many things that pile into our experiences and can leave us feeling like there's something wrong, but it really just, there's not. And it just takes kind of looking at those things and dissecting them and integrating them so we can step more and more into that wholeness and that love that we are essentially. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That, that reminds me, um, I don't want to like, <laughs> <laughs> take this too off topic, but um, it reminds me of the comparison, especially with women to other women. And mm. I feel like starting when we're young girls to like mm. compare ourselves to other women, other mm -hmm. girls. Um, and I think um, becoming a mom, like if you, if you're on social media and you look at all these moms that seem like they have everything together and you, that might perpetuate that feeling of like you're not enough and you're broken, mm. you're not doing things right. Mm. And I think one of the greatest mindset shifts you can have is to not look at other women as competition and to mm -hmm. look at them as part of a community. Mm -hmm. And that you're doing your best. And yeah, that, and that other person, you know, might be in the same boat as you, or mm -hmm. maybe you could find, oh, something that's relatable instead of, um, you know, comparing yourself in a negative aspect of it towards it. So, yeah, yeah, that is, that's hard to do. So, 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very difficult. And actually, Ali and I were texting the other day, and I feel like it's it's also this this jealousy type feeling. And mm -hmm. um, I was talking about how that's a word that I I took out of my vocabulary a few years ago because I felt like it was doing such a disservice to have this to say I'm jealous of something, to feel jealous of something, and honestly, it's it's kind of stop those feelings for the most yeah. part. And if I catch myself feeling that way, then I process it and I'm like, you know, why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. And um, just try to break it down yeah. kind of through that. I should try to help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Even simple things, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, going out for a walk somewhere and to be like, oh, I'm jealous you get to go for a walk, you know, like even little yeah. things like that, not even like in comparison to, um, I don't know, like looks or yeah. things, other things like that, bigger yeah. things people have. You were talking about judgment, mm. Jenna, and it just, yeah. it reminded me just of how, you know, anytime like a judgment or a criticism comes into our brain as they naturally will because we're human beings um and it's actually like a biological advantage to have those kind of thoughts <laughs> thinking back to you know when humans first started humaning but um yeah anytime like a judgment or uh, a criticism comes up it's really just an opportunity to look at ourselves because oftentimes other people are just mirroring things that we need to look at more closely in us or qualities in us that we haven't fully uh, accepted or looked at, or maybe we've suppressed those parts of us or denied them for whatever reason. So I think it's always an opportunity to look inward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel the same way about mom guilt. It's like, Mm. You know, why why are you feeling guilty and just to be able to look inward and to to take that apart a little bit and see you know is what are these external reasons and how can you how can you overcome that feeling and it, it, that leads me to thinking too with mom guilt like what if we just kind of like flipped the script and looked at it instead of like how can i learn from these other mothers around me rather than turning things into what I'm doing wrong and things I could be doing better and you know that perfectionist mm. critique that comes in about not doing enough or whatever the story is and instead just like using other things as opportunities or mm -hmm. opportunities to soften too yeah. like not yeah. being so hard on ourselves about the things that we perceive as like being lacking with our parenting, mm -hmm. like it's, it's usually fine. <laughs> We're usually doing way better than we think we are. Think, yeah. yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Even if the lesson is seeing that people do things differently and that's yeah. just part of life. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of, um, that actually reminds me of when I was getting my master's, when I was in my uh, coaching class, they taught us about reframing your brain. And that mm -hmm. is like essentially similar to, yeah, like why don't you flip it and reframe the situation into a more positive situation rather than like, I guess, again, like a negative situation. Yeah. So mom mm -hmm. guilt 
shouldn't be mom guild. It should be mom learning, mom adapting, Mm -hmm. mom adapting, mom, you know? Yeah. So yeah. 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 It's like the blessing in in disguise sort of thing. It's like Mm -hmm. where can you learn from something? Um, And that's like, yeah, we we also need these negative feelings and these emotions um, because they are just tools for learning and growing Mm -hmm. and um, they're difficult to move through sometimes, but they're they're very beautiful when you look back and see how far you've come and grown from difficult things and difficult um, emotions that you've had to work through. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And it makes me think of like one of the main things that, you know, brought me to falling in love with somatic work is using it to work through anxiety and like notice, noticing anxiety coming up in real time and not letting it spiral out of control and seeing it instead of like, okay, I'm feeling activated. Where am I feeling this in my body? Like, can I breathe with it? Can I be with it? Is there something that my body is trying to tell me? And yeah, just dipping into the sensations and being present with them rather than letting story, you know, run wild and often create like a snowball effect in working ourselves up more and more. So Mm. That's definitely one of the the things that was the initial um, thing that made me really fall in love with it and continue to work with it and know that it's something that I wanted to learn more intensively and eventually begin to share with other people. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't deal with anxiety these days? It's the mm-hmm. age of information overload. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and unknowns <laughs> oh yeah the fear yeah. of the unknown and yeah yeah it's huge yeah. that could be a good segue too because moms experience a lot of burnout um just exhaustion fatigue uh and you know you work with nervous systems and what could be some cool tools and what are some good exercises that you use or that the moms could use in those situations of over, you know, over anxiety, uh, burnout, exhaustion, what are some good tools they can have for that? Yeah. So one of the, one of the first things I recommend tapping into is the breath. Like the breath Mm -hmm. is something that we always have with us. It's our greatest tool. It's free. We just have to learn how to utilize it to, you know, regulate our systems in new ways. Because it's this process that happens unconsciously, but so often, like if you really take a moment right now, even those who are listening to just sit and feel how your breath is moving in and out of your body. Oftentimes we're breathing pretty shallowly in in Mm. our upper chest, um, which doesn't allow for full oxygenation. And there's so many other things too. But when we begin to bring awareness into the breath and 
making it a bit more deeper, breathing into the belly, breathing into the diaphragm, we begin to create literally more space, more spaciousness in our bodies and in our minds, our emotions. We're just opening up. We're expanding rather than being stuck in sometimes like it can feel constricting to only breathe up here. Mm. Um, so tapping into that tool can quickly regulate us from a dysregulated state. So it can be as simple as breathing in four to five seconds in through the nose, like, and breathing out through the mouth four to five seconds. Sometimes it's nice to do a longer exhale um, and just really feeling the tension leave the body as you exhale. So we can even bring in some like visualization with it too. Mm -hmm. So really even think of like when we breathe, breathe in, we can bring in life energy or love or whatever it is that we're wanting to have more of in the moment, peace, ease, whatever it is. Imagine breathing that into the body. And then we breathe out, we can release whatever tension is there. Um, some of my favorite breaths are just, you know, a box breath, breathing in four seconds, holding for four seconds, breathing out for four seconds, holding for four seconds, mm. breathing in for four seconds. So it's, it's oh, like yeah. this. breathing in, holding, breathing out, holding, and it can even help to do the little square. Or what I used to do with my preschool students is just doing the hand trace. So breathing in up the finger, breathe out down the finger, in up the finger, out down the finger. So you're kind of bringing in this tactile um, aspect that helps us focus more as well um, and kind of focus the mind rather than letting it go off into who knows where. So that can help to have a focus point. Um, so breath number one. Mm -hmm. And I would say getting into nature. Nature is a natural regulator. Um, we don't even have to do anything. We just have to be in nature and it's healing. Mm -hmm. And it regulates our nervous systems. Like the forest is an incredible place to be. And it also doesn't even have to be like, going on a hike in the forest you can literally go outside and like look at a tree touch a tree feel the sun on your skin like touch some grass look at the sky like or even if you don't have access to it thinking about nature watching a video of nature mm -hmm. if it's not accessible in the moment our brains register that as being just as real as being outside in nature like brains are amazing <laughs> Um, as much as they give us a ton of trouble, they're also really <laughs> incredible <laughs> when we learn how to tap into them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so nature time absolutely is in whatever capacity we can access it is a huge help. Um, bonus points if you can take your shoes off and, and oh my God, yeah. yeah, the grounding. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, research that you at home, electromagnetic mm -hmm. field and grounding in the body. It's very yeah. real. Earthing. There's some people out there who are creating like copper 
like slip on mm-hmm. shoes and, and mm-hmm. copper wear like sweaters and stuff that help grounding and reducing the, uh, I guess, electromagnetic, like the energy coming in the not electromagnetic, the, um, the Wi-Fi, the radiation, the, mm-hmm. the crap that's kind of all in the environment. And then it helps ground you to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just started hearing about that. I haven't purchased anything, but started hearing about the copper wear that's going around um, for that thing. And then also, I just want to add in too, because Allie mentioned even watching nature, when I would be having an episode myself, super anxiety, like anxious feelings, sometimes I'll just put on planet earth. And Mm. it's one of the best shows that's ever helped me, you know, just get over it. And I could like say lines to you because I like just learned planet earth. And sometimes I'll just say to myself now, like, there's so much grass in the world. And then I'm like <laughs> immediately like, huh, okay, there's so much grass. Like, that's great. It's the best plant. So Yeah, watching nature, listening yeah. to nature on like a nature mm-hmm. track, nature meditation, mm-hmm. huge help to regulate the body. Um and then I have I wrote down some connecting questions that we could explore as well. I think this is a great tool um, for mothers who want to, you know, begin to connect in more with their bodies and, you know, build this awareness um, throughout the day. We can kind of ask our questions like, um, how, how am I holding my body right now? Like, what am I doing with my posture? How can I shift my posture to create more space for myself? Like, can I lift my head up? Can I tilt my shoulders back and, you know, open my heart a bit more, create some space? Can I align my spine? Do Like, what do I need to do in this moment to kind of feel better and more spacious? Like, does my body need to move right now? Mm-hmm. Um, is a huge thing. <laughs> um And then, as I said before, tapping into the breath, too. Like, Mm -hmm. what is my breath doing? Where can I feel it in my body? Like, how can I alter the pattern if if I'm feeling like I'm breathing in a really fast pace or, like, constricted way or not breathing deeply enough? Like, how can I alter that? How can I, okay, I'm noticing I'm breathing, you know, in my chest. Okay that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I can now that I have the awareness, I can begin to take more deep breaths and, you know, shift that. And it takes practice. Like I'm by nature, I breathe very shallowly and it's, it's just my body's way of protecting me for years and years of being Mm -hmm. disconnected. Um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's literally, it takes a lifetime to <laughs> relearn all these things and get get to a state of being more hyper aware of our body and space and how we are operating. So it just takes like that second of noticing like, okay, I'm breathing in a way that's not serving me right now. And it's creating more anxiety or whatever it might be. Like, okay, I can, I can breathe deeper. I can bring expansion into this moment rather than contraction. Um, and it also is important to 
recognize that like states of contraction and expansion are natural in life. It's not bad to have contractions. We need to contract in order to expand. And it's kind of this cycle that repeats in all areas of our lives, really. Um, so yeah, not seeing contraction as negative, just, yeah, it just is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then again, like connecting to sensations in the body when we're in the moment. Um, like, what's the sensation I'm feeling in my body? Can I describe it? Like, where is it happening? Does it have certain colors, textures? Is it feeling like tingly or heavy or cold or hot or whatever it might be? And kind of letting those things serve as messengers and getting curious about the sensations and what they might be telling us. Um, yeah. Nice. That's probably been the hardest part about my therapy journey with somatics is, is finding the feeling and describing it. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. at, when I first started, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And then it was really like focusing and trying to feel like, where is ex this anxiety? And I would be like, it's in my heart, but sometimes it might be in my like hip or in my throat or in my, in, then I really started realizing that, okay, anxiety just isn't in my heart. It could be in multiple different places that might've held trauma, might've yeah. held some instances, some, some, a feeling that I had, you know, months ago that I haven't really been able to explore. Um, I know that she's taught me, I hold a lot of grief and anger in my hips. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. And I think that's a really good thing that a lot of moms and, and po postpartum moms can use is, is finding that and describing what's going on with it. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from there, just like the noticing of it is huge. Because mm -hmm. um, so often we just override these mm -hmm. messages that our body is trying to give us. Because as I said before like we weren't taught how to mm -hmm. listen to that language or anything related to body awareness really unless we were blessed with parents who you know had that awareness themselves and were passing it on um to us um but just speaking generation generationally a lot within our generation at least a lot of elders in our parents age range um, they were just repeating what they learned from their mm -hmm. parents and doing their best. And emotional intelligence wasn't, like, these things weren't talked about. People didn't mm -hmm. talk about emotions. It was very much like a taboo, hush-hush yeah. subject. Um, and, yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. I think, mm -hmm. I think there's a, and, like, an emotional awareness, like kind of, I guess, even awareness going, <laughs> just being emotional. Yeah. There's like this whole, like kind of awakening happening within, I think, I would say our generations and the ones to follow that we mm -hmm. are trying our hardest to be emotionally aware and learn how to relax that and, you know, 
breathe. And I mean, cause even when we were growing up, therapy and things like this weren't a thing. And I mean, I remember being in a super anxious child and not understanding mm-hmm. what I was going through. And um, yeah, I think that we're all going through this like spiritual, emotional kind of awakening um, when it comes to being aware of that. So I love that. And you're a part of it. So, yeah. yeah. As are you. <laughs> <laughs> As are us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the, the pattern breakers holding yeah. the torch. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's so much ancestral trauma that has been going on for hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of years that I think a lot of us are trying to finally break that. So, yeah. Yeah. And with the, sorry, I didn't mean to override you, but just related to that, it's also not up to us to like do it all. Right. Either. There is so much unlearning to do and learning that we should not put that pressure on ourselves to like completely (laughs) radically uh, rewire our brains in every way and like, you know, have these ideal um parenting scenarios where our kids won't have any passed down baggage like I think it really is just the parent and child dynamic throughout time that there will always be things that we have to unlearn from our parents and conditioning in our childhoods it's just a part of growing up as a human so we can't expect to have to our kids to grow up being like, I don't have anything to heal from. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, not, it's not yeah. going to happen. So yeah. taking off that pressure, I think is important to yeah. recognize as a mother Very or true. parent. Yeah. 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 Cause the world is, I mean, it's constantly evolving and Renata mm-hmm. and I have touched on the fact mm-hmm. that like, it just feels like things are um, evolving faster and faster nowadays. And yeah. so we have to, as parents, mm-hmm. we have to also evolve. And so the ways that we want to parent now are going to be different than the ways that our kids are going to want to parent. Um, And it's okay to, you know, show yourself some grace. And if you find yourself falling back on patterns that, you know, you saw in your childhood with your parents that you didn't want to carry on, it's, it's totally fine to realize that and to apologize. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's also really huge to show children that adults can be wrong and they can recognize that they're wrong Mm -hmm. and they can apologize for it because that's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I don't think I've ever received, I think maybe one time I remember my, um, my mom apologized for something when I was younger um, and from mm. the, her reaction to something. But I don't remember that being a reoccurring thing. But um, I wanted to say earlier that, um, you know, we always hear that boys were kind of told, you know, don't cry, like stop crying. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like girls kind of had a similar thing mm-hmm. happen. Like, I don't think it was just the boys. And I, I think either. maybe, maybe they weren't straight out, um, straight up told, you know, stop crying. But, mm. but I remember as a kid, like I had anxiety about things. And um, my way of showing that was through throwing really big tantrums. Mm. Um, and tantrum I, queen. Yeah. And so, <laughs> 
like I would be laughed at. Um, no. I was never really like, you know, held through those emotions. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of self regulating, which led to the suppressing, which led to finding things for that instant gratification to help like work mm-hmm. through or not work through <laughs> suppress these difficult emotions. And I think that it's women also need to hear that it's okay to cry. <laughs> yeah. Be upset. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause it was always just like, boys be a man, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but like, you know, women be strong. You have to be strong yeah. for your children and be strong for, and it's like, well, and smile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah. Smile. You're prettier. Stop being so sensitive. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, literally estrogen is sensitive. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm just trying to learn how to just, you know, be with it. So, you know, I think instead of, yeah, like you said, instead of suppressing that, like, it's okay. It's okay to let it out a little bit and feel the feelings and it's okay. Yeah. And that's, and it's like those experiences when we were kids are the things that get, you know, stored and locked emotionally inside of our bodies and create these parts that can hold us back from fully stepping into things that we desire. Um, so it, it really comes like, that's what the whole healing journey is you know to connect to these pieces like Mm. for example that repressed that repressed little girl that feels like she can't speak up about her needs because she was told they were too much or she was being too sensitive or Mm. she wasn't met in her expression so as an adult she is repeating these patterns of you know remaining small not speaking up um, and it it can interfere with the things that we want to do. It's these old programs that are running from our childhood, even though we might intellectually know, like, I can do this thing. It's like our body, you know, our body keeps the score, as mm-hmm. some of us might know that book. It's like, it, yeah, so we can't heal from that place of the mind and the knowing we have to get into the body in order to meet those frozen places and show them that it's safe to move into the things that we desire and that we want in our lives. So that's kind of how it all loops back to somatics and working with the body and meeting our parts and all of that. Um, just to kind of bring it full circle. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for making that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So do you want to um, kind of just looking ahead, um, we want to know what exciting projects you have going on, um, if you have any resources um, or anything that you want to share with our, our listeners to help them feel more empowered on their postpartum journey yeah so I do I offer one-on-one somatic coaching right now I use a couple methodologies but um, I'm practicing the vital integrated tantric approach um, in my coaching and doing the somatic work with that Um, so that's a desire-based system um, 
connecting to the parts as I was talking about in order to access what we desire. So it's a lot of the body mind techniques to tap into that. Um, and I'm also teaching a course in October, which I'm really excited about, um, at a salt room in Westboro, Massachusetts. Um, but it's also online. So there will be an in-person aspect to kick it off and then to close, but anyone can join because the 28 days, it's a 28 day nervous system reset course. Um, and it's through the, um, the lens of the elements. So it's connecting to the elements in order to regulate our system. Cause I just, it, it can fit together in a really beautiful way. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So connecting to the earth, earth, fire, air, mm-hmm. and water. And just to share a little bit about what that means. So earth is the grounding and the stability aspect. Fire is vitality and transformation. Air is expansion and spaciousness. And then water is flow and adaptability. And there's all these different practices, mind-body techniques, and regulation tools that we learn. And it's kind of, it's meant to be a playful exploration um, and connecting with other people to, you know, move, lean into the things that we're desiring in our lives and also learning tools of how to regulate our bodies um, in new ways, learning that language of the nervous system, of the body that we've been talking about. So all of that is kind of woven together into a 28-day course. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's exciting. It's like all all of my life work that I've been doing for years kind of culminating together into this uh this course so are you um are you gonna have it on zoom it's gonna be hosted on patia okay um and it's it has like slow drip so every day there will be a module released with a practice um that kind of thing and there will be a facebook group where people can connect and you know hold each other accountable and Yeah. Connection is a huge part of healing, like co-regulation. Our nervous systems are like wired to co-regulate, like this relational regulation. So to be able to be on the journey with other people um, is really amazing. Um, and yeah, so there will be a Zoom in the middle of it. So okay. people that are doing all online will do a mid a mid journey check-in through zoom and do a breath work and, you know, Q and a, that kind of stuff to check in. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to send the link or whatever, we'll can, we can post it on Instagram or on the podcast too, and, and have people uh, get to check it out if they want. Cool. Yeah. Would love, we'd love to have folks join. It's going to be yeah. a magical time and i'll link it in my on my instagram as well sunbeam somatics is my instagram so i'll i'll make sure to list it in my my uh my bio link in bio (laughs) yeah link in bio (laughs) sweet yeah do you have anything else you want to add in about somatics and just 
yeah, you and your, you know, your, what you're doing, anything else you want to touch on? Just that there's a wealth of wisdom that is inside of our bodies mm. and we have so much more capacity and capabilities and potential than we sometimes recognize. And I think so much of that can be opened up to through, you know, becoming more aware of our bodies and the stories that live within us and yeah, becoming more intimate with our truth through through our bodies. I think it's really important. And yeah, and it's a blessing as as a mother, I think, to learn how that language for not only for ourselves, but like for our families and for our children to teach them how to regulate their nervous systems and their mm-hmm. yeah, to manage their stresses that they'll have and yeah. So it's it's a <laughs> wonderful thing to yeah. tap into and to explore and to start to get curious about. Love that. Jenna, do you have anything else you want to add in? No, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I would love to, you know, I feel like there's so much more Mm -hmm. we could dive into. And I think, you know, maybe in the future we'll, we'll find another focus point um, with the somatics and have Allie come back on and we can explore a whole nother avenue of definitely <laughs> of this yeah. type of thing so maybe a part two like a year later and see what your things have brought yeah. you and um your resources and all your education that you're going to be providing to people and how it's helped you and in, in your journey too that could be really fun a part two where is she now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great cool well anyways so We just want to say thank you for listening to episode five with Allie Johnston from Sunbeam Somatics. Uh, If you're just listening to our series for the first time, we provide new episodes bi-weekly at the beginning of those weeks. If you haven't yet, hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to support. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at modernmomswellness underscore podcast. We appreciate the love as always. Until next time, adios.